So I said, you know what, if you are finding success in this area or you have a physio that's working really well with you, maybe not us, anybody, take that referral, take that resource back to your physician, explain to them how it's benefited you, your improvements. And because there's nothing stronger than a patient um, experience. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe, the place to learn about how to navigate the healthcare system and understand health in plain language. I'm your host, Nikita Boston Fisher, a health educator with a passion for meeting people where they are. Today's guest is Ms. Amadea Kezar. Amadea is the owner and clinical director of ASK Physiotherapy, a pelvic health physiotherapy clinic in Montreal. She came by the cafe to give us an overview of what pelvic floor physiotherapy entails, who it is for, and why pelvic health issues are too common to be taboo. Grab your warm drink and let's get to the episode. Hi, Amadea. Welcome to the Good Health Cafe. Thank you so much for coming. Could you please introduce yourself to the audience? Hi, it's so nice to be here. Well, I'm Amadea Kazar, and I am a pelvic health physiotherapist here in Montreal and the owner and clinical director of ASK Physiotherapy, uh, again, here in Montreal. And it's a pleasure. Thank you. Can you tell us what is pelvic floor physiotherapy? Excellent question. Pelvic floor physiotherapy or pelvic health physiotherapy is a branch of physio where the expertise really is in the assessment and treatment of the pelvic floor. So these are all the nerves, muscles, and connective tissue inside and at the base of the pelvis, and they're supporting the pelvic organs. So that could be the bladder, the vagina, the uterus, prostate tissue. And so our work is really in the assessment and the treatment of these guys. How are they coordinating with the systems and the muscles around them, and how might they be contributing to uh, sexual function, urinary function, bowel function, this is our concern. And there are certain conditions, um, gynecological, colorectal, urinary conditions, where a dysfunction of this area can actually amplify the symptoms related, and so then we're seeing certain specific conditions related to pelvic floor issues as well. That's really fascinating. I have so many follow-up questions, but out of curiosity, how did you get interested in this area? You know what? I say that it's destiny. My interest was in rehab. So I had a long trajectory in studies, um, but I was studying athletic therapy because I had an interest in athletes and in physical rehab and I was athletic myself. But at the time I was putting myself through school as a secretary in the birthing center and in gynecology and postpartum and started developing an interest in women's health and was considering possibly medical school with a trajectory towards gynecology. And someone happened to mention the field. And at the time I was like, well, this is kind of amazing. It marries everything that I'm interested in, the rehab portion, the women's health portion at the time. And so as I started doing my own research and speaking with more professionals in the gynecological world, it was a perfect fit. And so I pursued that as a career and I have never looked back. I have never regretted it. And it's become a passion. That's fantastic. What I noticed as you were describing pelvic floor physiotherapy and the organs, which it helps is it's super internal. If you twist your ankle or something, you know, okay, I might need physio. It's obvious that you might need help. How yes. do you know if you have a problem that requires pelvic floor physiotherapy when it sounds like these are organs that we don't normally touch or know how they feel? 
Yeah, uh, that's an excellent question. I think that's really important because a lot of patients suffer in silence because they don't know that there could be a muscular contributor to their symptoms. So this is actually a really important point. So some of the things that we would treat or some of the symptoms that you might notice would be if we're talking about urinary issues, let's start with that. That's probably what we're known for the most. It would be urine leakage. So urine leakage with effort, urine leakage with an urge to to pee or empty your bladder. It could be going to the bathroom more frequently than normal. So feeling an urge to, to uh, urinate often uh, or a very intense urge. It could be pain with urination or a difficulty fully emptying your bladder. So that could be one host of symptoms that somebody would notice. Um, on the pain side, it might be genital pain, abdominal pain, or pelvic pain. We treat a lot of people for pain with sex. So people that have vaginas, it could be pain with penetration, pain with repeat movement, it could be deep pain. For people with penises, it could be pain on ejaculation or erection. So we're really concerned with, with the pelvic musculature. It could be in pregnancy and postpartum diastasis, so a separation of the abdominals. It could be pelvic girdle pain, so just pain in the joints when you're trying to get out of bed move around, go up and down stairs, getting dressed. So there really is a wide scope of what we what we manage here. That is so interesting. For most of the people that you see, how did they find you? How did they get referred to a pelvic floor physiotherapist? Well, here at ASK, we're really fortunate to be well-connected within the medical community. So okay. we do a lot of referrals um, from family medicine and gynecology and colorectal surgery. But on the flip side, there's a lot more awareness, I think, within the community. People are speaking about it more. So we do have patients that are coming purely through word of mouth or they've had to do their own research to find resources for themselves. So they found us online or they've heard about us maybe through um, a postnatal group or their doula or, you know, just in talking with friends and their friends or family have had success. And so then they realize that it was something that they could, could be useful for them as well. Fantastic. So we have a mixture of providers recommending referring and then just really resourceful people who are trying to get to the bottom of their issue, finding out about this service on their own. Yes, exactly. And I commend those patients because sometimes it's not so obvious to get to us. And so they really good research and they've dove in and they're kind of taking a leap of faith because oftentimes the patient's coming in, they don't know what they're in for, that they're not fully sure about what we do, but they know that there, there could be a value. And so they're exploring that. And usually it's quite successful. So that's encouraging. <laughs> Tell us what they're in for. What does an exam look like? What should someone expect? We're known for the internal work that we do. So that's sort of what separates us from, say, the orthopedic physios that you might see that are treating necks and backs and shoulders and such. Um, so we are going to do an internal exam. And so that's important to know. So if somebody has a vagina, we're going to be doing both a vaginal exam and an anal rectal exam because that's where the muscles live. They're inside the pelvis. And so we want to know how are they contracting? Are they able to let go? Are the reflexes intact? Is there an asymmetry? in the musculature, if we're pressing on certain muscles and there are multiple muscles of the pelvic floor. And so we're going to assess each one, maybe um, certain pressures in certain areas will elicit their symptoms 
or they're tender in and of themselves and something that needs to be managed. So that's, that is a portion of the exam, but that is not all of the exam. So when someone comes in, we are going to do a full history. So it's, it's a large interview, the first session. We're asking about sexual function and bowel function and bladder function and how are they doing with these symptoms and just in life? Because there is a, an impact, um, a social and emotional and psychological impact on this area. Um, so we're going to do an interview and then we're going to do a global exam. So your pelvic floor does not work alone. It works as part of a system. It is part of your core. So we're looking at the abdominals, we're looking at the breathing muscles. We're going to do a postural assessment. There could be a flexibility assessment, mm-hmm. uh, muscle strength. So it really is a global exam. Um, if patients have, have, are coming post-surgery, we're going to be assessing the scars. Are they mobile? Um, are they tender? Is there numbness in the area? So it really is an exam anywhere between the ribs and sort of the upper thighs, okay, front and back, and then, of course, the internal section. And what are some types of pelvic floor exercises that someone might do? So you've done the exam. Of course, this depends on what you've determined the issue is, but what does a pelvic floor exercise typically look like? Okay, well, I think we're probably the best known for the Kegel. So Mm -hmm. a Kegel is a contraction of the pelvic floor. So depending on what they're coming for again, so say it's a straight strength issue, we need to strengthen these muscles, improve the tone and control in the area. We might do pelvic floor exercises for that. Well, Kegel is a contraction of the pelvic floor, as I said. So it's drawing in, isolating and drawing in of the anus and closure of the vagina, if there is one, to create a tension and a locking of the pelvic musculature. But we will do that for multiple reasons and in different ways. So it could be for maximum strength. It could be for endurance. We might be looking at speed, so how quickly somebody can contract over repetitive contractions. We might be doing the reverse. So if it's an over-tensioning of those muscles, we might be learning how to let them go, which is really important. So what would that look like? That might be me with one digit, either intravaginal, intraanal, encouraging a patient to loosen, encouraging them to be aware of what they're feeling. We might use their breath to help with that or certain positionings of the legs to help them feel things more. If they're coming for pain with intercourse, we'll say, we are known for dilator therapy. And so dilator therapy is a whole other range of exercises, but we're using essentially dildos, we'll call them. So they're cylindrical forms or phallic forms that are either in silicone or plastic of graduated sizes. And so the idea behind this is that we're allowing a patient to learn how to comfortably let go and accommodate an insertion. Um, And then once that is possible at a certain size, we'll use the dilator then to stretch the muscles to create elasticity gently within comfort. Mm -hmm. And once a patient is used to one size, then we can progress the size to whatever size their partner is or to whatever Mm -hmm. size of toy they might want to insert. And so that becomes sort of, 
um, a gradual uh, reintegration of, of intercourse. And um, so those are kind of two sides of the spectrum. Some of the exercises we prescribe might look more like what you're doing in the gym. So if we have somebody that has come to the end of their rehab, and we've done the pelvic floor work. So we found the muscles, we've strengthened the muscles, we know that their timing is good. Well, then we need to get off the table. And so the patients will get off the table. We're going to be doing things like planks and squats and progressing them towards impacts with small jumping, maybe going up and down the stairs at speed. I might send them for a run down the block. It really depends on what their goals are. And that will direct the trajectory of the treatment plan. That is pretty interesting. I, I was not necessarily anticipating what, like traditional exercise activities as well as part of the pelvic floor. Are there any myths and misconceptions you feel are worth dispelling about pelvic floor physio? About pelvic floor? Absolutely. Yeah. First of all, so I, I talk often about the Kegel conspiracy <laughs> and it's the idea that this is all we do is to contract and let go of these muscles that we have tunnel vision, you know, that we're only focused on the pelvic floor itself. And that's, that's just very wrong. That's not the way we practice. It is a very global therapy and pelvic floor exercises are not one size fits all. Absolutely not. So if you have somebody that's coming in, they're having genital or pelvic pain or pain with intercourse, we're certainly not going to be strengthening those muscles and doing traditional Kegel exercises because that could amplify their pain. They're already in tension. And so we need to learn to let go first, right? Somebody else, it might be their issue is endurance. It's not that they can't isolate or can't find. They just can't hang on long enough to support whatever activity they want to do. Maybe it's a triathlon or, um, you know, a, a marathon. And so then you have to work in a different way for those patients as well, um, where the sort of the pelvic floor centric belief uh, comes in. We have to, at some point, leave the pelvis and see how do those muscles coordinate with their teammates around the trunk. And so the purpose of the pelvic floor with their teammates, the other core muscles, is to stabilize the spine and manage pressure. And so we have to look outside the body to see how are they coordinating and not only how are they coordinating, but are areas outside the body that could be contributing to excess strain on these muscles. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at how are we supporting, but also what kind of pressure are we creating? So it's just really important. I do want to dispel that. And I said, think secondly, um, not everyone is comfortable with an internal exam on day one. And so we are sensitive to that. And so the treatment plan is always based on patient comfort, their goals, and what they're able to handle. Um, I think there's a certain disarming that has to happen, a certain alliance, patient-therapist alliance to build that trust. And so we would really encourage patients to come in, speak to us, let's do a global assessment. There's tons that we can do outside the pelvis that can still have an impact on your symptoms. And it might not even be uh, physical. It could be strategies. How are you emptying your bladder? How are you passing stool? How are you lifting your kids? There's, there's a lot of strategizing uh, that goes into, um, into our work. And so it's just, I don't want patients to be afraid to come in because they're worried about this internal exam. 
Um, so I think that that's really important to, to speak to. I'm glad you mentioned that because I actually had jotted down this question of how do you handle people who, for whatever reason, don't want an internal exam, maybe past abuse or something? Was there still a way they could benefit? And it sounds like you pretty much address that and, and they can. So that's pretty awesome. What about men? Health physio is for all bodies. So here at AS, we will treat cisgender women and men, non-binary um, patients that identify as transgender, all bodies can benefit. Um, you're asking specifically about cisgendered men, um, 100%. So the cases that we would see for these people, for these patients, are typically a post-prostatectomy surgery. So patients that have had their prostates removed due to prostate mm -hmm. cancer. So there's a high um, volume of these patients that have urine leakage and erectile dysfunction postoperatively. And so we have a treatment plan, which is pre-op that carries them right through post-op. And so we're following these gentlemen's trajectory. And there's a lot of exercises and relearning and strategizing that goes into regaining their continence and then sexual rehab to regain erection and to be able to uh, sustain an erection comfortably after prostatectomy. So that's one one section of our patient population. I would say also for men, a lot of, as I said, pain with erection, pain with ejaculation, or what we typically refer to as prostatitis type symptoms. So the, that's sort of a combination of urinary urgency. There might be pain with urination, um, just general discomfort in sitting. So these types of, of issues. So we would say in, in physio, that's more of a male chronic pelvic pain syndrome. And so often the pelvic floor is over tense. There are strong protective reactions, the connective tissue. So all the tissue between the skin and the muscles in the groin at the abdomen can be adhered and bound down. And that needs to be addressed. There might be psychosocial issues as well, stress, um, emotional, psychological stress that might be contributing. So we might need to work with our, our teammates in psychology or sexology to manage that as well. The link is always, the, you know, between the emotions and the psychological aspect is the nervous system. So it will have an impact on the body. So we see these gentlemen in treatment as well, and they do fantastically. So I would strongly recommend that if there are gentlemen out there that are experiencing these symptoms to please consult pelvic health physio, because I would say for men, unfortunately, what we see, they're not often referred by their provider. We work with some fantastic urologists, but in general, sometimes it can take years of men suffering these symptoms before they actually get into a functional rehab program, which can be very successful in these cases, but it can take a long time to kind of get out of the loop of the medical system. So I would strongly recommend consulting. That leads perfectly into my next question, which is how do you recommend that people advocate for themselves in the health system? And do you have an example of where you've seen it work? How do people advocate for themselves? Well, I'll give you an example. So again, taking a prostatitis case as an example, often these patients will have multiple cultures, urinary cultures done. And despite having negative results, they will be prescribed multiple rounds of antibiotics and their symptoms are persisting. And so I would say 
many of these gentlemen get very frustrated with that process and finally start to ask if there's anything beyond medication that could be impactful and they start to do their own research and oftentimes it's them taking the option of functional rehab pelvic health physio to their urologist not vice versa Mm. which is the gateway to them finding us and sometimes urologists have a referral to offer them They, they know of a pelvic health physio to direct them to or at very least they'll say well it can't hurt kind of thing, right? <laughs> I don't care how they get here. I just want them to come. But oftentimes I would say that that is, a, it's a very common trajectory for these gentlemen. And so what I would encourage patients to do is if you are being treated repeatedly with the same treatment and you're not seeing change, there's value in looking beyond. There's value in looking beyond. And we if we do the same thing over and over and we're not seeing the results that we're, we're hoping to get, then that should be a trigger to start doing further research. And honestly, as I said, the, the patients who are advocating for themselves, they do quite well because they're, they're motivated, they're already invested, they've done the research, so there's sort of a buy-in as when they're coming in. And if we can connect with them and really connect the treatment process to their symptoms and be able to explain in a concrete way how this is beneficial, I find that they do swimmingly well. And so strongly recommend advocating for yourself, speaking with your physician. And then what I would say is advocating for other patients. I encourage my patients all the time to be advocates um, for pelvic health treatment because so many patients are not getting access. So I said, you know what, if you are finding success in this area or you have a physio that's working really well with you, maybe not us, anybody, take that referral, take that resource back to your physician, explain to them how it's benefited you, your improvements. And because there's nothing stronger than a patient um, experience, right? And how they're their own experience and their own, um, their own story. And so take that back to your physicians, offer them the resource and explain how well that worked for you, because that's going to encourage them then to offer it to others. And so you've opened the door for other patients to access care. Oh, I love that approach. That's so fantastic. Do folks actually need a referral, as we call it in Quebec, like a doctor's note to see a physiotherapy? Or can you just walk in on your own? It sounds like you can walk in on your own, correct? Walk in on your own. It's direct Mm -hmm. access, um, just like you would for any other physiotherapist. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we need more information from your provider, we will contact them. But we encourage patients just come in, have the assessment. It's complimentary to whatever medical care you're receiving already. This is the functional aspect. This is, you've had the surgery. Can your body now get back to what you want to use it for? And Mm -hmm. that's our expertise. So just come in and see how can we optimize your care from that aspect. What are some good resources that you would recommend for learning more about pelvic health physio? There are some fantastic as social media sites. I think over the last five years, even pelvic health has blown up on social media. So I would say get on to Instagram, start researching, honestly, put in your keywords. If you are having pelvic pain, if you are having 
you're pregnant, postpartum. Um, I'm just thinking of some of the hashtags I use when I post, you know, postpartum journey, return to running, prostatitis. There are some really phenomenal resources with videos and self-care tips. And I, I think social media is, is just an amazing resource. Honestly, that would be my go-to. Otherwise, it's discussing what options, again, with whatever provider you have, um, if it's a, a physician, if it's an osteopath, if it's start speaking to them about other resources that they have. I don't think that we're often utilized for our networks. We come in, we want just the treatment that this provider can offer. But honestly, oftentimes they have a wealth of information beyond just their own treatment that they could offer. And so that's, that's a good way to, to sort of explore your options as well. If listeners could take away maybe just one or two things from our discussion, what do you think is the key? What do you want them to keep in the back of their mind when this is over? That's a good question. Well, here at Ask, we talk about pelvic hope. So we haven't talked about that directly, but I hope that it's come out in the discussion that there's just so much potential for improvement when we start considering how the musculoskeletal system could be impacting your system, your, your symptoms. So I always, there's so much hope. So I would say, push through the fear. It can be intimidating. The idea of the internal exam can be intimidating. And I recognize that, but there's so much value to be gleaned from having an assessment of this area um, that it really is worth it. The second thing I would say is these symptoms are too common to be taboo. And I say this all the time, everywhere, start to speak up. If you are experiencing pain with sex, if you are having urine leakage, if, you know, erectile, poor guys, it's hard for them to discuss this, but erectile dysfunction, speak to somebody that is close to you, speak to your circle of friends. And the reason is this, prevalence is so high. There's so many people that are, are suffering in silence that you will fall on somebody else within your friend group, I almost guarantee it, that is experiencing something similar and that will give them a voice. And so to, for yourself to know that you're not alone is going to be empowering. And for them to feel like they are not alone is going to be empowering. And just by that, you're one step closer to finding help. So mm. I speak up about your symptoms. Too common to be taboo. I love that. Too common to be taboo. Well, Amadea, how can people find Ask or get in touch with you? Well, Ask is on social media. So mm-hmm. uh, you can find us by searching Ask Physiotherapy in, in French on Facebook or on Instagram. We are Ask, A-S-K underscore physio and follow along. Come check us out. Message us. We will communicate with you. And of course, our website is uh, askphysiomontreal.com. Thank you so much for coming to share with us at the Good Health Cafe today, Amadea. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for creating this platform to get the word out. It's so valuable. I hope you enjoyed the episode. There were some key takeaways, such as pelvic floor physiotherapy is for everyone. It is much more than Kegels. There's value in looking beyond. There is hope and speak up. Before you go, 
Do you ever feel like you've left a doctor's office and not gotten the answers that you needed? Does seeking healthcare intimidate you? Do you ever feel unprepared or frustrated? If so, then please reach out to me via email at info at thegoodhealthcafe.com. I'd love to help you create a strategy that works for you. Until next time, see you in the cafe later. Bye.